welcome to the Vineyard Cincinnati podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome. Welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you are here, that you have joined us to celebrate the birth of Jesus. I'm Jennifer, and I want to wish you a very I Merry Christmas. I want to Christ- wish you a Merry Christmas. Come on, Jennifer. This wow. is Christmas Eve services. I was that too was sedated. way too sedated. All I'm right. really sorry. Are you ready? Let's just let's try ready. again. This is, like, welcome Hi, these folks. people. Come on. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. All right. There we go. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Jennifer is starting to get there. If you are new in particular, a warm welcome to you. We're really glad that you're here. We here at Vineyard Cincinnati seek to live and love like Jesus. That's what we are all about. And if you're joining us online, we're glad to be a part of your Christmas Eve celebration as well. No doubt. But those that showed up, well done. You made it through the crazy cold and you got through the snow and ice and whatever it took to get here. And I just want to say, well done. And we are so excited to celebrate with you because this is worth celebrating, right? All right, we've all been busy a lot to get ready for this moment, and so it's so excited. Uh, We get to sing some songs together. Actually, we get to sing some original songs by our worship team that they wrote to tell the Christmas story, which are pretty incredible. They are so good. You are in for a treat. So excited about that. And I hope everybody grabbed a candle on your way in. Everybody got a candle? Let me see. Anybody? Some candles? Okay. We are going to end with Silent Night, one of my favorite Christmas Eve uh, traditions. And then another really cool tradition here at Vineyard is we have our cookie outreach. And so everybody on your way out, you're going to grab one or two boxes of cookies and you're going to begin to pass those out and not eat the cookies, Jennifer. This is ridiculous. Um, I think you've been here before. It's give it all away, not put it all away. And so our job is to take the cookies out into the community and spread some warmth of encouragement at Christmas time. And so, okay, you've done this before, but what, where did you take your cookies last year? We took our cookies to a Speedway gas station right by our house. Awesome. Last night, my family took some, actually, and we went to a Mexican restaurant and just got to say, Dios bendiga, and they were so pumped, and it was awesome, and just Feliz Navidad. It was a really sweet moment, and so I was really grateful for that, and so you get to take these with you, and just wherever you go, maybe closer to your home so that we don't just flood this area, Uh, but we want to just spread some encouragement this season, and so one of the things I do is I just say, hey, this is just our chance to show you that God loves you in a practical way. And so enjoy your Christmas. So yeah. That's so good. All right. So if you uh, take a look at your program that you got when you came in, just highlighting a couple things going on around here at Vineyard Cincinnati. Next Sunday, New Year's Day, we hope that you have an amazing day at home with your family. We will have no in-person services here on campus. We do have an amazing virtual service planned for you that you can check out at vineyardcincinnati.com. You can watch it anytime. It's about the Vineyard Church movement and where God is taking it. So it's going to be really great. Hope you check that out. And then we cannot wait to see you right back here on January 8th, 2023. 23. Who's pumped about 2023? Is it going to be a great year? All right. Sweet. I am ready. But I want to say first off, thank you so much for all your generosity in 2022. 
together we have fueled ministries in our community but also around the world that has really changed the experience of so many people because you've given and so you still have an opportunity if you call vineyard home we encourage you still give before December 31st. Help us meet our year-end goal. We are excited to see all that God has in store for 23 as we finish giving strong this year. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, if you came prepared to give tonight, you can uh, text or go online, drop your cash or check off while you're here. Uh, you can even donate stock. So that's an option for you. All right, two more really quick things uh, before we get started. In your seat back in front of you, you will find two cards. There's a connect card. If you you're new here tonight, again, welcome. We would love for you to fill out that Connect card so that we can get to know you a little bit. Also, there are prayer cards. We really love to pray for you, so fill that out. You can drop both of those off when you're on your way out. Sweet. Well, I just want to help us kind of quiet down our busy minds and be fully present here. So I'm just going to pray a blessing over our service as we enter into this important time. Ah. <sighs> Father, thank you that we are here. I ask that you would help us to be fully present in this moment. There's so much that, that has been competing for our hearts, our attention. But right now, Jesus, we thank you that you came for us. We give you our full attention because you are worthy of everything we could bring. So we offer our worship as a gift to you saying, thank you, Jesus, for giving us life that is truly life for now and forevermore. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Awesome. Well, enjoy the service. It is now time to celebrate Christmas Eve and the story of Jesus, a thrill of hope. silent night when the stars turned their gaze to marvel at the earth when the heavens gathered breathless round a lowly stable when a young mother wept tears of worship falling on the baby in her arms and the song of the earth arose in Bethlehem soft as the tender beating of his heart and all was calm, all was bright. Yet could this be the same God of Abraham, the conqueror of Israel, this baby, this fragile life? Is this child the one who burned his name in rapture across the gasping skies, whose voice spoke the oceans into crashing rhythms, who crafted the mountains into guardians of the firmament? whose hand ignited the thirst of the deserts and the warring surge of the elemental hosts, who breathed life from dust, broke the oppressor's rule, scattered the chains of his people like sand, and led them through the wilderness with the pillar of flame. Is this child the one whose presence billowed thunderous on Sinai's peak, 
who surrounded Job with the roaring wind, stood defiant in the raging furnace, wrote judgment against tyrants, and blazed on the lips of the prophets, scorching history's pages with the fury of his might. Could this be the same God who chose to come as the vulnerable king, setting his throne on straw and manger, drawing forth the tears of shepherds, receiving the gifts of wandering travelers, his fame unknown in this world. He is Jesus, the one who thunders through the heavens, yet whispers to our hearts, who reigns victorious, yet bows to serve the broken. He is God in the fury, God in the silence. He holds this mystery balanced in his hands, holds our questions till they lose their need, until all we see is him. Well, welcome to the Vineyard. My name's Tyler. I want to invite you to stand. Let's worship together tonight. We want to share some of our own Christmas songs as well as some that you've heard before. So let's sing this together. There in the silence. There in the silence. Where a miracle is born, all will come and adore. There in the silence. There was a promise. For a weary, broken world, there is hope to be restored. There was a promise, so we will celebrate the birth that brought heaven down. Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of all, to our knees we fall and sing. Everlasting Prince of Peace By His name the darkness flees He is the promise So we will celebrate the birth That brought heaven down Jesus Christ the King of Kings And Lord of all To our knees We fall and sing
Messiah, the one of whom the prophets spoke, he who would be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, and Mighty God, he who would bring justice and healing to the nations, the one who was in the beginning with God, who is God, Word become flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, God's only Son sent into the world that we might live through Him. He who reveals the Father's deep and everlasting love for His people. On this Christmas Eve, we enter into a beautiful story, a story told throughout generations, a story told of love come down to save us. Mary, just a girl, the Lord with her, she who had found favor with him, Mary who was betrothed to Joseph of the house of David, at the appointed time visited by the angel Gabriel and told the most miraculous of tidings, she, a virgin, would conceive a son by the power of the Holy Spirit, and she would call his name Jesus. Jesus, son of the most high, whose kingdom would have no end. How can this be? A question born of wonder, a question asked of miracles. Gabriel's response, no word from God will ever fail, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary, full of questions, full of awe, she believed. I am the servant of the Lord. 
let it be with me just as you say. In Mary's song, a song of praise. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. But Joseph, what about Joseph? A quiet man, a humble man, a just man. Joseph, who had every right to reject Mary and the child that she carried, but who did not want to put her to shame. What fears and questions must have echoed in Joseph's heart? But heaven intervenes once again, Joseph visited by an angel of the Lord in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph wakes, ponders, and like Mary, Joseph believed. Joseph did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, his obedience a beacon of light on the way to Bethlehem in the hill country of Judah, Bethlehem, the city of David. There Joseph and his wife Mary would be registered in fulfillment of the scriptures. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. There was no room for Mary, for Joseph. No room for Mary to give birth to the Christ child in comfort or consolation. But there was the star and a manger and a baby wrapped snug and warm. The king come down, the king with no crown, this baby boy without a bed who gives his life back to the dead. to welcome God the Holy One who was and is to come and have the faith to obey the word like Joseph did and would I have the strength to carry on would I be ready for the King of Kings to be my flesh and blood Would I be ready for the Son of Man To be my only Son The one who has been spoken of Is born to us today He's the promise The promise yet to come Come raise your hands Lift up your voice 
feel him moving be filled with joy his kingdom stems hallelujah heaven's on the moon could i be the one to love the sun the holy one who was and is to come Have the strength to stand the test like Mary did. Would I have the strength to carry on? Would I be faithful, the King of Kings, to be my flesh and blood? Would I be ready for the Son of Man to be my only Son? The one who has been spoken of is born.
Did Jesus come to earth? Why forsake the majesty and fellowship of heaven? Exchanging a palace for a stable. Immortal comforts for a feeding trough. And robes of glory for the feeble body of an infant. An unparalleled irony, this supreme, unrivaled nobility experiencing absolute and total humility. Our sovereign God, Emmanuel, as a baby. He didn't come to heap shame upon sinners or to judge and cast out the impious, but to break bread with those called unrighteous. He didn't come to illuminate every mystery of the cosmos or to enlighten the intellectual, but to fulfill the testimony of prophets clothed in rags. He didn't come to elevate a single nation or to advocate a particular political affiliation. He came because he saw you broken in need of salvation. He saw you lost and abandoned crying out, surrounded by deaf ears, fighting through the tears, but beaten down by the torments of this world. And unable to bear your distress, 
He renounced his eternal throne, walked the earth, bore the stripes, accepted the nails, and gave up his last breath so that you could receive the breath of life. Our God, our holy, infinite God, beheld your pain, perceived your heart, and determined that your soul was worth dying for. From the manger, to the cross, to the empty tomb. It is all a story of profound love, of a Savior who rescued his children from darkness, of a blameless King who declared that no sacrifice was too great for the sake of his beloved creation. Why did Jesus come to earth? He came for you. In the cold of the manger, in the quiet with no one else around. cradle holds the Savior in a stable laying on the dirty ground. For to us a child is born, living hope in simplest form. Bring him gifts of myrrh and gold, the Prince of Peace, the mighty
our hopes in Jesus' name. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the hope of the world, is hope incarnate. That means hope in the flesh. Jesus doesn't just do hope. He doesn't just bring hope. He is hope. And the way he manifests his hope and the way the scriptures talk about how he shows us he is hope is by saying he is the light of the world. All throughout the scriptures, metaphorically, he's called the light of the world. Why? Because without light, there is no hope. Have you ever been in darkness other than sleeping, but complete darkness other than sleeping without any light? It's fairly petrifying, isn't it? And in the midst of that darkness, the smallest amount of light brings hope. Years ago, I used to do lots of spelunking. Anyone ever do spelunking, caving? And at one point in time in every trip, they would have us turn all the lights out and you couldn't even see the hand in front of your face. And just for a minute with no light, fear began to rise, your heart began to race. Hopelessness, just for a minute, hopelessness began to set in. Imagine if here tonight were to drop all the lights in the room and just take every bit of light out of this room, what would we begin to feel? You can grab the hand next to you if you want to. It's kind of spooky. And then in a nanosecond, one light. One light in this cavernous room, we breathe easier. It's amazing how the smallest amount of light lights up the greatest amount of darkness. And in the midst of light, you actually can't see dark. That's Jesus in our world. He is the light of the world. No matter what darkness you're in, he is the light and hope of the world. When I was a kid, seven years old, my siblings and I would be down at my grandparents' farm in Tennessee, and they lived on hundreds of acres. And being that this was back in the 70s and parents weren't as nervous as they are today as I was, we all are today. I mean, this is back in the days where we roamed around in the back of our station wagon without seatbelts on. But we went out hiking, the four of us, my older brother, 13, my sister, 11, and my identical twin brothers at seven. And we, we took a 22 rifle with us and we went and shot stuff through rocks. We swam in a pond we played hide and seek and just hiked and hiked and hiked and hiked. And one hour became two hours, became three hours, became four hours, became five hours. And we were seven, so we were fairly clueless. And finally, my 13-year-old brother says, hey, guys, I hate to tell you this, but I've been lost for the last two hours. I have no idea where we are. And it started to get dark. We're in the, in the hills of Tennessee, miles away from anyone. 
And we all remember pulling together at a log and we prayed. We said, God, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. There was no cell phones. There was no GPS then. And we opened our eyes. One of our siblings said, there's a light like a mile and a half away. And someone else, one of the others said, no, no, that's a star shining through the trees. And no, no, that's a light. And it was like a mile and a half away. So we went to that smallest light, that beacon of hope, like it was our lifeline. And we went after that light like it was our job and we'd drop down into a valley and lose it for a moment, feel hopeless for a moment. And then we'd come up and see it again. And the closer we got to the light, the greater hope grew. Till finally, we found ourselves on the porch of this small little country house and we knocked on the door and an elderly couple opened the door and said they were about to turn off the lights. And we said, we're lost. Could we call our parents? We were 14 miles away from the farm. Mom and dad came and got us and we've never felt such great hope in our lives. Here's the deal. Jesus is that light on a hill. No matter how dark your life might feel, when you see the light and go towards the light, you will find hope. And the closer you get to the light of Jesus, the greater your hope will grow. He didn't just do hope. He is hope. And he wants to be your hope, my hope. Some 700 years before the birth of Christ, before he came humbly in the manger and then did amazing miracles and had amazing teachings and then died horrifically on the cross and rose powerfully from the dead to prove that he was the Messiah. There was a prophet that spoke, a prophet named Isaiah, to the people of Israel who were in slavery. They were hopeless. They were lost. They were waiting for their Savior, and God spoke through this prophet. And here's what he said, chapter 8, verse 22. He said, the people will look to the earth, but behold, they will experience distress and darkness. They will experience thick darkness. He's saying, look, the people of God and the people of the world are looking to the earth to find hope. They're looking to humans to find meaning, and it will not work. It will only end up in more distress and more darkness. But verse 1 of chapter 9, God says to the prophet, nevertheless, I love that word. Our God is a nevertheless God. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever because a great light will shine upon my people. A light is coming. Hope is on the way. The deliverer is coming. And it's in that context the prophet Isaiah gives us that amazing Christmas prophecy 700 years before the coming of Jesus. And the prophecy is this, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. He won't be a Republican or a Democrat. He won't be a king like we think kings should be. Be a better king. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, a new kind of government, a better government, and of his peace, 
there will be no end. It's in the darkest moment in the Israelites' history that God speaks this prophecy into being and says, I'm going to send my light and shine my light and hope on you, a hopeless world. Hold on. I just want to say, before we can experience the goodness and light and hope of the Christmas season, part of experiencing the joy of the gospel is owning, admitting the darkness without Jesus. And that's not about self-flagellation, but it's about owning that we can't save ourselves. If we, to the degree that we experience the hope and light of Jesus, we can only experience that to the degree that we own our desperation without him. I love what my, one of my favorite authors, Pastor Tim Keller, said about Christmas. He said, the message of a Christ-centered Christmas is that things really are this bad. That we truly can't save ourselves and there really is no hope in the world and things really are dark apart from Christ. Nevertheless, I love that word. There is true hope in Jesus because the message of a Christ-centered Christmas is that light has dawned on us in the darkness and Jesus has overcome it. And back to the prophet Isaiah, what will be the sign that this light, this hope, this child will be coming? He tells us, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. God became flesh to show us what God is like. He didn't come to destroy. He didn't come with a sword. He came to heal and to give life. He's our light in the darkness. So then 700 years after Isaiah gives that prophecy and after Jesus lives, dies, and rises, one of his followers named John is thinking back on seeing Jesus rise. He saw everything Jesus did. He was convinced he was the Messiah. And at 90 years old, he writes these amazing words in his letter called John, referring back to Jesus at the very beginning of history. In the beginning was the word. Jesus is the word. And that word was with God. And Jesus, the word, was God. And in Jesus is life. And his life is the light of humankind. And his light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And then he goes on to say, and that word Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And we behold his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. When you fix your eyes on Jesus and behold him as your one true light and one true hope, that's when you find hope. No matter what amount of darkness you're in in your life today, when we look to Jesus as our light and we behold him as our lifeline, hope flows. Because Jesus came to set things right. He came to make us right in spite of our sin. 
He came to make us whole, to complete us, to give us love, to give us hope, to give us meaning. He lived, he died, he rose again to show us he is the way, the light, the hope. So no matter what you're going through here tonight, no matter how hard life is, I want you to hear tonight, your your father in heaven, through his son Jesus, says to you, I've got you. I love you. I'm here. I am your hope. Just trust me. Jesus looks at each one of us and says, I want you to know something. I know your dad. And because I know your dad, I got you. I was in college, and my twin brother and I were going to meet my family for our Christmas vacation. So I drove to his college to pick him up. This is in the 80s, again, before cell phones. We were dumb college kids. I'm still kind of dumb, but I was dumber then. And I pick him up, and we start driving. We get 100 miles from his college. We pull over to get gas. I'm like, hey, could you put gas in the tank? And he said, I don't have any money. And I said, I don't have any money. You're supposed to have money. We didn't have a credit card. We didn't have cell phones. There's no Apple Pay. There's no Cash App. There's no Venmo. We are helpless and we're hopeless in the middle of a southern country town, having no idea what to do. And we're both getting mad at each other, calling the other one an idiot because that's what brothers do. And we see across the street a Sears Roebucking Company. Now, my dad, that used to be a really big company. My dad was a senior executive vice president for that company back in the day. And all I had in my wallet, beside my student ID and my license, was a Sears charge card. So we walk over to that Sears because we didn't want to drive our car lest we might run out of gas then. And we get to the Sears and we buy like $50 worth of garbage, just dumb stuff. And we think, we'll return it right away and get money for it. And we take it, we buy it, I mean, dumb stuff. And we take, we buy, we take it to the customer service desk right away. And the lady says, you just bought this. We're like, yeah, we decided quickly we didn't want it. And she said, well, boys, I, I can't put money back on your, I can't give you money. I can just put money back on your card. And I literally fell over on the counter like face down, I said, oh God, please give me money. I just, you don't know how bad I need money. And we must look like total vagabonds. I don't know what. And she goes, I'm, I'm sorry, boys. I can't get, and we're both like, please give us money. And finally she says, well, let me talk to my manager, see what we can do. She walks back in the back room, comes back like five minutes later with the manager. And he had this deep Southern accent. He's holding my dad's charge card. And he says, boys, I'm sorry. I can't give you cash. I can only put money back on your card. He said, but the name Massey is on the card. Is your Diddy, he did say Diddy. Is your Diddy Con Massey? I said, yes, yes, sir, it is. He would tell you what, I know your Diddy. (laughs) And because I know your Diddy, He reached in his wallet and gave me $50. In a cosmic sense, 
in a spiritual sense, in a far more meaningful sense, Jesus came to say, I know you're Diddy. I know you're dad. And I've got you. No matter what darkness you're experiencing in your life right now, I've got you. I love you. I have meaning for you. I have purpose for you. I am your hope. Trust me. So as we lean into this Christmas season, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus and think about him as our light and our hope, the hope of the world and our hope, I want us to stand now and sing Silent Night. And as you stand and sing this song, I want you to reflect on the fact that Jesus is your hope and he is your father and he has you. We're going to do our tradition of lighting the candles. If you don't have a candle, our ushers will walk down and give you a candle. And we're going to start passing light and watch the light spread through the room. And as you do this, just imagine and picture the light of Jesus spreading through our world, in us, through us, to the world, longing for the hope of Jesus. Thy holy face, 
with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. bless you to go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and enjoy Jesus as the light and the hope of the world. Grab some cookies on your way out and the bingo smoke the Patriots. We'll see you guys on the 8th. Sorry for DBR. Did I mess you up? Anyway, sorry. It's a win. It's a win. Love you guys. See you guys in two weeks. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast.